You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. I'm doing great. I'm doing great, man. How's the week? Yeah, you know, start off with the announcement of of what happened with Coach Lake, and then from there, it's just uh, a matter of us as coaches getting our guys refocused on, on the task at hand, and you know, make sure we get them prepared for this Saturday against Arizona State. Have you and Bob discussed who's going to be? calling plays this weekend, or how's that going to be handled? We have not. I mean, because Gregory's right, right now making sure he can figure out what's best for the team as we get them prepared for Arizona State. You know, I think when that time comes, then he'll decide, and, and it will move forward from there. And I assume that before games, uh, you guys address each position group individually, or, I mean, does Jimmy normally address the team? I mean, is that something that when there's all these changes that are going on, is that kind of difficult to determine, you know, who's going to be the voice in the room before a game you guys still have to play? Well, Coach Gregory is right now our, our head coach, you know, for, for this week. And so anything that, that Coach Lake would have done, Coach Gregory is doing, we're trying to keep things as, as similar as possible. And then when we get to our position meetings, uh, he's been at his position meetings and, and out on the field. We've been, he's been calling defenses as well as trying to be the head coach as well. So, he, you know, he, if anybody, he's the one coach that got the double duties. But for the kids, we want them to feel that everything's exactly the same in terms of the process of, of what we're doing. You know, the most important thing is making sure we as coaches are getting these kids ready for Saturday. I was kind of curious about the reaction just yeah. of the room uh, up to the news and was it a shock? Was it surprise? Um, sadness? What, what was it? I think initially shocked. You know, we all found out on Monday morning about what, what happened with Coach Lake and I think as soon as that was done, we separated in position meetings so we could we could talk to these players and get them refocused, regrouped on on the task at hand, you know, really, regardless of what happens. We use the whole phrase, next man up, and that's kind of the approach we're taking right now. You know, the sun was up this morning. Uh, we got back out on the practice field, try to get better today, and then make sure we keep tweaking things to, to give us the guess, best game plan uh, for Saturday. I know it's probably difficult to maybe forecast, but does a situation like this galvanize a program? I think it, that depends on the players. You know, all the players on, on how they react to our coaching, our approach to it, and I think that's that to me is the biggest focus for us, making sure that they, regardless of the situation, that those guys stay united, um, they stay focused, making sure they're they're still preparing the correct way, because ultimately, ultimately, it comes down to those guys being on the field on Saturday and then executing to win this game. You know, regardless of what happens. With, with the Coach Lake situation, regardless of what we, how we approach it, it comes back to this team playing for this team on Saturday, you know, and getting the victory. That's what they want. They, they want to win on Saturday. So, you know, us as coaches are going to back that feeling and make sure we do our part as coaches. And then Saturday, those guys will come out and play hard. I mean, I know part of the, the role is, is almost kind of, you got to man manage the mm -hmm. players as well and love them up and stuff like that. Does that, does that take even a greater role? 
when there's such a big shock and there's a change at the top like it happened? Yeah, you know, not necessarily. You know, we have a leadership council that does a great job, you know, so they're, they're the middleman between coaches and players. And those guys already are, are starting to, to refocus the bond of everybody. And then, you know, we as coaches, we do so much bonding stuff with our players. You know, we, we do dinners. I mean, I got a dinner coming up on Thursday. And Coach Huff, you know, we, we'll come up here and he does it all the time with the O-line. So that communication, that bonding already, I think translates uh, to the bond that we have with, with our players. And that, I think, pushes towards Saturday. You know, th there's still the common goals of how we teach, how we coach, and then the bonding between not only position group, but as a team. You know, the, all those things carry over to the team. I was also curious about, you mentioned the players and just their role in all this. Is, who do you have to lean on now? Is it as easy to say Zion when a player like Ryan Bowman is out? I know he's still probably an influence in the room. Yeah. But on the field, does a guy like Zion take on an even greater role because you lose Ryan Bowman? Yeah, absolutely. Specifically Zion. You know, Ryan Bowman was the leader of my group, specifically, and then you know, so Zion will be what we call next man up. You know, no different than what's going on right now with the coaching situation. That's Zion's job. Zion's job is to go and be the verbal communicator, which he has not, but he's, he's accepted that role and taking that on and then, but not changing what he does on the field. His responsibilities and what we expect him to do for the package, that won't change. But Picking up where Rhino left off, that's a, that, that has to change. You know, for Zion, he has to be that verbal uh, leadership guy. You know, he has to be that verbal guy uh, in our room, and I, I think he's doing a pretty good job. I know the $64 question, especially on the front, yeah. is the rush defense. Yep. You give up 200 yards to Travis Dye, and now you've got Rashad White coming in. He's off a 200-yard Absolutely. Game. It feels like the game plan should be simple enough on paper. How... how how do you maybe adapt or change who you are when you're in, you know, 10 games in the season? Almost? Well, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think the game plan is simple. We're trying to execute something to stop the run. You know, that to, to me will, will basically fall on coaches, you know, myself included, coach, coach, uh, coach the defensive line, coach the outside linebackers. We just got to be more physical and then we got to execute our technique. You know, th at this point in time where we are in our season, there is no such thing. I think I said in, in the beginning of the year, just the inexperience of our players and there's no such thing as that at this point. You know, so for me, I just got to do a better job coaching it. You know, we got to emphasize what we're trying to create and then have the stamina to do it in the fourth quarter. You know, in the fourth quarter, that, that's when you know fatigue set in and we're not executing the technique exactly how uh, we're coached to do it and, you know, and that's that's really my job that's my job I got to get my players to do that and it's a reflection of me I know you take you guys take so much pride as a defensive staff in eliminating big plays and obviously the scheme is a big part of that keeping everything in front of you mm -hmm. but with with you know that might take a man out of the box or not allow you guys to maybe you know, be able to clog things up as much as maybe you'd like. Is there going to have to be some more give and take? I know you guys have already tried to add more defensive line in the box and do some other things. Do you feel like even more tweaks to the scheme are, are necessary? You know, I think Coach Gregory does a good job in tr trying to tweak things as we go on and move forward. And, you know, uh, yeah, we're going to tweak some stuff and see if we can add on, see if we can subtract, see if we can disguise. Uh, but, you know, ultimately it does come back to our, our, our technique. It really does. You know, we can, we can throw as many guys as we want in the box, but we still got to execute the technique. And uh, to me, that was my focus in coaching this week is making sure that that does not fail us when we come Saturday, regardless of the call. With the outside linebacker group specifically, 
who of the group of, you know, Cooper, Savelle, Braylon, Lolojea, yeah. some of that group, who do you feel has made the biggest strides and is, is maybe ready for that breakout performance? You know, I, I think in the last week, Braylon has made a lot of strides. You know, he, he's... He's accepted his role in terms of pass rush. He's accepted his role in terms of the run game. Uh, he's really, really physical up front. You know, I, I would expect good things from him now moving forward. But I think a group, the group as a whole is, is getting better. You know, if you really watch those guys each week, they're improving from play to play. Uh, something that they were very inexperienced in the Michigan game. You know, last week, I think they showed up and they did their responsibilities as best they could. So I think as a group, they're, they're improving. And for me, you know, I, again, I say it on Zion. Zion's the, the most experienced in our group, and I put a lot of ownership on him to making sure he carries this group forward. And with a guy like Jalen Daniels, he's, he's another in that role of DTR yeah. and, and Brown and some of these other barbers and some of these other guys in mm -hmm. the what's, what's the key? Keeping him in front and inside. I mean, it, it's really hard to simulate what he brings to the table. I mean, he, he's fast. He's quick. He's got an arm. You know, do you, do you let him throw it? Do you try to get him out of the pocket? You know, he poses so many problems, and he's part of the run game. You know, there's 11 guys now. There's 11 man versus 11 man because the threat that he has as a runner. You know, so, you know, he's obviously the guy that we gotta, we got to figure out. We've got to continue to figure out a plan to make sure we can keep him in the pocket, uh, put some pressure on him, you know, make him at least make some quicker decisions than normal. But, but that, that, that will be an issue come Saturday. I mean, that's something that we have focused on a lot. But he's a really, really gifted athlete, good player, leader of that team. Uh, so we got our hands full on Saturday. Okay, so what makes an elite outside linebacker? Being able to play the run like a defensive lineman, being able to play a pass, like a DB, you know, we, we are the conflict player. You know, you're, you're required to do both. Uh, and I think we have some guys that have the tools, but to be able to execute all at one point in time, that's the challenge for, for an elite outside linebacker. You know, when they're playing the run, we have to look like those guys inside with the Takis and the Tuis. And then when we're playing pass, because we do drop out, then we got to look like our safeties. We have to be able to cover backs one-on-one. -on -one. We have to be able to drop 12 yards deep. Uh, and, and that, to me, makes it an elite outside linebacker in our particular defense. Hey, Patrick, real quick. Thursday dinner. What's on the menu? Max salad. My wife likes to make desserts, so I'll leave that special for her. And then I'll make some baked beans. So this, this is going to be rice. So this is going to be, for sure, if we do anything right, we'll be eating right this week, for sure. Well, I know, Scott, you, you, you love the barbecue and you love Are you getting your guys together this week? For uh, we, did, we did last, uh, I guess two weeks ago for, uh, for Halloween. They come over and we carve pumpkins. We have a pumpkin carving contest and we feed them. Uh, a little harder to, to, to cook. Um, during the season because we you know, it takes a long time to get ready for them. But uh, my wife does an amazing, amazing job when, during the season. Then I try to make up for it in the offseason when we got a little bit more time. I know the, the big question surrounding what happened with Coach Lake and, and obviously with, with Rupert Rockett is that going to the tape, you seem to be the coach that was closest to him. And yet it looked like you were already kind of to the next play, like you were already getting your linemen together and stuff. I was just wondering for your opinion, your take on kind of what you saw and what you – experience in that moment yeah it's, it's obviously unfortunate and really I'm the, the guy that gets the offense off the sideline um and I believe we were in a kickoff return and so uh we were we were getting ready to you know get the O-line out there get the play called and everything else so yeah it's just unfortunate yeah, 
Yeah, it just, but it just looked like business is normal the way you Yeah, said. yeah, just <laughs> business is normal. Yep, trying to get off the field, get you know, get the offense on and get rolling. So, so in other words, you, you didn't notice anything unusual. It just seemed like no, no, traffic, no, getting no, everybody separated. no. Yep, yeah, it's 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 quite a chore sometimes, um, as you can imagine, to get the personnel, um, get the guys rallied, or, you know, get there, get the, the get the play call in, get the you know, just get everybody off to hopefully a good start of the drive, and so. How long was it before you realized that something had happened? Uh, I think it was um, Sunday, maybe Sunday, and then obviously found out Monday morning, uh, meeting with Jen. So, yeah. You've worked with a lot of these guys for a long time. Um, how do you think that your familiarity, familiarity with other coaches, prepares you for kind of an adverse moment like this? Yeah, we spend a lot of time together. You're right. Um, you know. Coach Bonifa and I have been together for a really long time. Uh, Coach Adams and I worked together at Boise State under Brian Harson, uh, you know, before coming here. Um, so we we're like family, and um, I think uh, we're, we're very familiar with each other. We know the things that uh, you know we like and that we've done in the past, and and, and things of that nature. So uh, you're going to go through something like this. You, you certainly want to go through it with the guys that you love and respect, and uh, all, all those guys in that room. Um, we've been with Coach Cato for a long time, and. So, yeah, we're ready to roll. And what do you think this season that you've been – when do you think you've been most successful running the ball? It's definitely been too inconsistent. Um, I, think, I think the Stanford game, you know, they, we, 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 we kind of we got off to a pretty good start there. You got me th- kind of reeling right now. I'm trying to think. Um, we've definitely had our moments, and then we've had our moments where it wasn't good enough. And so uh, – I guess I'm not really answering your question whether the way you want it, but it's it's, it's been too inconsistent. And, uh, you know, sometimes I think it was maybe not running a, a execution, certainly execution, certainly at times, uh, maybe a, a running a play into a bad look, that just an uphill look, um, and uh, you pr- probably combination of those things. I mean, if it was just one thing, I think we would be able to. We've certainly been doing this long enough to be able to figure it out. If it's just one thing, and uh, just. Like I said, it's just been too inconsistent. With those looks that defenses are giving, um, and you've kind of seen a lot of different defenses now, I mean, what does ASU bring uh, with their look um, that you guys are trying to attack this week? Yeah. So Arizona State is a true 4-3 defense. It's an NFL, you know, true 4-3. They play, they play base personnel, even versus 11. Um, you got a really good front front seven that's deep. The three linebackers are all really good players. Uh, they're 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 4D linemen. They rotate a lot of different guys. And you know, I don't know if you remember this or not, but I, I recruit Arizona, so a lot of the local kids I've I've recruited in the past or I know of. Um, so I'm, I'm maybe a little bit more familiar with individuals than than, than other defenses. But they're they are stout up front. Um, they don't. It's they don't try to trick you necessarily with like looks you know they kind of line up where they line up uh, maybe have a few adjustments and then and the challenge is when it comes to running the football you got to get them off their spots i mean they got those two big d tackles big d ends and again three really good linebackers and the, you know they got they got depth at all of them um unlike uh you know like a stanford that 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 really didn't have a ton of depth at those positions uh up front which i think you saw you know they were pretty beat up in the uh in the game after we played them, um, these guys got they got a ton of depth. So their uh, depth and their their guys are going to stay fresh and and they're all and they're really talented. 
So it's a it's a good NFL style defense, and uh, they're not trying to trick you. They're trying to play technique, and you got to move them off their off their spots. When there's a midseason change with the with your, maybe you can't really change your whole playbook around um, in just one week, but with Coach Adams trying to bring in what he wants to do, but also with what you guys already have. I mean, how do you maximize um, just your offense within these next couple of weeks? Yeah, well, it's a collaboration, right? And and like I said, Junior and I worked together at uh, at Boise State under with Brian Harson, and then obviously here. Um, We've, he's been. He was at Western Kentucky, uh, you know, with with Mike Sanford, another guy that we work for, and so we got a, we got a long history together, um, and and we're going to do. I mean, you know, obviously something's got to something's got to change a little bit here, otherwise we wouldn't be in this situation. And so we'll, we're we're collaborating. We're uh, we're excited. We're going to do. You know, you'll see. Again, you can't like you said, you can't do a wholesale change by any means, um, but we, you know, we got to do some things a little bit different. You know. Scott, what, how do you characterize kind of the battles at left guard and right tackle? Because we've seen some movement there between Ale and, and Bulo at left guard, and then obviously uh, Hearn is the starter at right tackle, but we've seen a lot of melee as well. Yeah, you know, I think I last time so with MJ you know he's a little beat up at the start of the year and Julius had a really good fall camp and, and MJ's been healthy and um and he's been he's been playing pretty good and that's been exciting and so uh you know that that that's that situation there and then with with Mateo and Vic uh shoot Mateo's just been practicing really good and I I kind of was thinking you know I'm like Shh. You know, all these other guys rotate all the time. Maybe, maybe you know, maybe mix it up a little bit. Let let this guy that's been practicing really well and um, get some reps. And so that's that's really that. And it, it's worked out all right. You know, it really has. And you know, it's kind of been an eye-opening experience. Like, you know, maybe if there are some other guys, that's that's not a bad thing to do to let everybody get a little piece of the pie. I mean, there is obviously the continuity thing that you're, you're worried about with the offensive line. But if you practice it during the week, I think for the most part, the guys are all pretty good. Um, good with it, and, and, and it hasn't been an issue in a, in a, in a negative way. Yeah, I, know you can, I know you can't do a deep dive now. I mean, obviously, there's so much going on, and, but yet when you look at the you know, the offense as a whole, tenth in scoring, tenth in total offense in the back 12, and I obviously know that the offensive line is just one piece of that, but it feels like it kind of starts there. It, it, have you been able to kind of diagnose some, some general things that maybe? Um, haven't shown up the way that you would have expected going into the season? Sure. Well, kind of like what we talked about earlier, if it was just one thing, that's that's really easy, you know, to fix. I mean, like I said, I've done this for a long time and been very fortunate. Um, so it's a combination of things. It always comes back to execution, right, whether that's uh, on the front, you know, communication at times, making sure that everybody's on the same page because it only takes one guy to not do his job, right, and then, and then every and everything looks like you know, crap, right? You, you have a, you got four wide receivers out there and one guy runs the wrong route. Well, the quarterback can move on to the other three, but you got the whole line, you know, one guy doesn't do it. Four guys do it right. One, and it, it just doesn't look right. And so, you know, ultimately it falls on me, right? And uh, whether it's communication, technique, um, and just the, cons the consistency of the whole thing, if if it was just one thing, it would be easy to fix. It hasn't been just one thing, and and you know at times I think we've played it really good football, and other times it just hasn't been good enough. And um, we're certainly working hard to fix it every day and, well, and make it right. But is there some slivers in the last week or two that you can point to the guys and say, you know what, that that shows improvement, that shows growth. Those are, are one of those areas. 
you know, the, the, certainly handling movement in the run game is always, always an issue for whether you're watching NFL or high school, college. Uh, at times we've handled movement well. The other times we haven't handled movement well. Um, we've had making sure that we just hear the call the right way and that, we, that you know, that the, the center or whoever it is is getting everybody on the same page. Um, you know, so there's, it's, it's just, it's like, honestly, I think it really just comes down to consistency, right? Because there is like, there's moments where you put that on tape and you're like, damn, that is, you know, you guys might not know it, but I'm going, oh, that is, you know, rad. Great job. Normally when the O-line makes it look easy, nobody notices, they're kicking butt, right? When it looks hard, it's like, ugh. Um, and there's certainly been those moments where it's like, awesome. And then there's been the ones that, that, that like, whew, that's not good enough, fellas, you know, for whatever reason. With different handedness of your quarterbacks um, back there taking snaps, how difficult is that for your line for pass protection? You know, they, they, they don't really know any – like you're saying, like with a lefty or a righty or whatever, the, the terms of the snaps, you know, I think – I don't know what our stats are. We're probably in the – I would say shotgun 60, 70% of the time and, you know, under center. I mean, they, that's just reps with the quarterbacks, which they've hopefully been, you know, we, we rep that all the time. And in terms of the, the pocket, we're, we're not really set up as an offense to, to worry about like a quote unquote blind side. I mean, there's blind sides to every protection, depending on which way we're sliding or, or which way we're going. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think we, they think much, we don't we don't we don't treat it different if you had a lefty or a righty yeah, that answers your question yeah thanks guys hey the sun's out sun's out i wore sunglasses at practice today Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.